0: Welcome to RCS. I'm Dan.
1: I'm Nick. We're here at Drivers Club. As always, it's a it's a lonely time still. Yeah. Yeah. Dan and I are still sticking sitting six feet apart. We <laughs> face the opposite direction. You know. It's it's, it's the way we're doing it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's been like every weather today.
1: Um monsoon. Yeah. Flood warnings, sunshine, beautiful sunset. <laughs> I uh I mean, I, th- I think I'd still rather be in Hawaii right now. But uh, it was it was a nice day today, as long as your car didn't wash away.
0: I have friends over there, and friends going over there. Our designer Jeremy Salvo designs, who did our RCS rebranding. Course. Going
1: back to Hawaii. Yeah,
0: well, I mean, she's Hawaiian, so
1: yes, I understand yeah. that. But yeah, she's going home. But yeah. whatever. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So
0: I'm still jealous, though. Yeah. I'm like, I want to go play in water that isn't frigid.
1: <laughs> Apparently, the uh, hoops you have to jump through to go to Hawaii right now. I've are heard that. Pretty, and, like you're checking in daily and all kinds of fun stuff. So. Yep. I mean, I'm sure it's worth it once you get there. So, yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. What's been new, man? <laughs> uh, not much. I'm officially on the search for uh, a monkey. Yeah. Um, kind of uh, everything kind of fell into order. So, it, which is funny because if you've been if you listen to the show long enough, Dan has talked about his his history of working in the in the automotive industry and working in motorcycle industry and the fact that motorcycle shops across the nation <laughs> are closed Sunday and Monday. And as car guys and things like that, when you get something in your mind, you're like, I want this to happen now. And Saturday night, I decided, OK, it's now time to take the jump and let's, 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 let's get go this find monkey. It. Yeah. And I'm thinking, oh, great. Sunday morning, I'll get up. I'll, I'll go a couple of places, see what I can do. Get it all locked down, have it in the <laughs> garage by Sunday. That's, that didn't happen. So um, <laughs> hopefully by the time this comes out, I'll, I'll have it all figured out. But uh, I, I reached out to a bunch of dealerships uh, and I think I'm going to. I don't know. I don't know what I'll end up with. It'll be interesting. I think it's. I'm. It's gonna. I'm gonna get what they have. So, yeah. yeah. I might end up with ABS, which I don't know if that's a good thing or not.
0: Uh, it is. If you if you're not used to riding with it, it's kind of the, a little weird at first. It, that's it. I'm not used to it. It's nice. Yeah. It yeah. actually works really well on motorcycles, and it does take up a little extra room under the seat. Not that you'll use under the seat storage that much, but. But as a big yeah. guy on a really
1: small bike, do I really need a better braking system? <laughs> I was watching a video of one guy, he was like, He's like, Yeah, I'm I'm well over three hundred pounds and I'm like Dude, get a big bike. Yeah, well, not, that, not that I'm that far off of that, but still, jeez. That's a lot so, for a
0: 125cc yeah. any bike.
1: And he was upgrading to the uh, external reservoir rear shocks. Like, and and watching him bounce up and down on it, I was like, I was like, I don't know if that's enough for you. Like,
0: I'm laughing because I will definitely have as much in mods as I do in the cost of the bike for sure.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, <laughs> but I, that's I diverted my energy from going to okay, I'll get the bike, but now I need to figure out all the mods, and it's starting to. It's it, it's adding Skid up. Skid plate rack, oh front God, and rear yeah.
0: suspension, intake, ECU, chain and sprockets, it's exhaust. And then if if are our guest David, it's headlight and custom fabrication That's and dual uh, overhead cam
1: kit. And I want a new tack. Want yeah. the, the new t- if you can get them. Yeah. think They come out. But uh, there's all. This is just this is a kidney candy store. Like I mean, the amount of th- the amount of money I've spent on on accessories for the things I have, everything from you know accessories for firearms to cars and things like that. So.
0: 180cc big bore kit. Why not? That's <laughs> tempting. I know but, it is because um, it's really usable power on one of those.
1: Yeah, I just don't know. Like, do you think we could do that?
0: Um, I, mean, I don't see why not. It's not like it's any special tools.
1: <laughs> if it breaks, who cares, right?
0: Yeah, <laughs>
1: we'll just put on the old kit. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. I don't know. I mean, you should, I'm, the I'm hard part of those
0: is getting tuning down because yeah. it's really hard to tune such a small motorcycle for one. Mm-hmm. And you have to reflash it. So, getting somebody who can really do that. There are a few good tuners around here. Don't be wrong. But it's it's like anything else.
1: Excuse me. I'm a large man with a big, a small bike. I'd like this tuned. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I do so. need to hit
0: up Haggerty for insurance on that. I have insurance through my regular insurance. I'm like, it's such a limited use vehicle for me. I wonder if I can get it cheaper through Haggerty. I'm gonna oh, hit up our rep. Yeah, that's a good point. That's it's a I good didn't thing think to reach out
1: that. to. Yeah, you, you have you have insurance on it now, obviously. Oh yeah, yeah, through them, Geico. But, just but it can't be ungodly expensive. No, so. it's twenty bucks for both of them. <laughs> A month? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's for both bikes. Oh, 200 or 10 bucks a month. Okay. <laughs> I got a group discount now. Yeah, okay. Well, <laughs> and I have Geico too, so I'm wondering if I can add on to my policy and then knock my. Uh, yeah, it gave car me multiple down. multiple yeah. use, uh, yeah.
0: multi vehicle discount. It actually reduced the policy on the Raptor for having the two monkeys enough that it's not even costing me anything, really.
1: They're like, you'll drive your Raptor less and not run things over, so it'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I was looking to, looking at the R eight. It's still going to cost me like ninety bucks a month for that too. Advantage of getting older, boys.
1: <laughs> just put it under her name. It, she's got to be a better driver than both of us. So <laughs> maybe <laughs> I'm hoping. Yeah. So what's new
0: with you? Oh, not much. Went and played in the snow a little bit. Um, I guess that was the weekend before. What have I done? I the the, the days there are no weekends anymore. There's just you had a busy week, work and less
1: work. <laughs> yeah, you had, you had a big work week. I know that. So that was. Uh, Lot going on in the world, but I did uh, some
0: killer hiking. My legs still hurt. Uh, it's been good for me, but that's about it. I had found a, a window in there in the weather and went up and did uh, Tiger Mountain for a lot of miles, which was not for, not for some, but for me. And so was it like
1: four in, four out kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, it was just roundabout way. It it's all state miles. Yeah, almost. I didn't have my tracker
0: on, so I don't know exactly how many miles it was. I had to go by the map. So.
1: Stop taking hiking advice from that person. I know. <laughs> I'm not even going to give her uh, recognition because she tried to kill you again. So, <laughs> yeah. You, she knows good who she for is. me. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then uh, I cleaned up the Raptor after our Avance Off-Road day, which uh, I don't actually, like right now, I'm not really like cleaning it, cleaning it. I just went to the car wash and sprayed it off and then... Uh, you know, thank God I have enough ceramic on there from Griot's. Yeah. So it doesn't make it too hard, but it it does need a wash now.
1: I'm I'm pretty sure that when the last time I washed it with the the Grios stuff, it was way too cold. And so yeah. It 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 did its job uh, enough for the road trip down, but now my car's filthy again. So I gotta I gotta take some time, like we talked about, and do it at the right temperature and get it done right.
0: Yep. So. Our friends at Park Place offered 50% off for participants of that event, so yeah. I'm, I'm probably just going to take the Raptor there and have them do it, because it's not that bad, so yeah. I'm just like, yeah. Just Let plan. them dig.
1: You weren't even, I mean, you didn't even drive it that much, but just coming in out of that parking lot was pretty was,
0: That's the funny part. It just in and out of the parking lot. It was dirty enough that it needed a full wash.
1: There were was some live entertainment people there this weekend. I was really surprised. That side by side you that guy was had the he had the tunes rocking, um, <laughs> and the guy that we gave the prize to that had a fully modified and and this is a weird thing to say Audi A3 diesel that had fully customized long travel suspension.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that was impressive. Did uh, you know you
1: can put the suspension from a Q5 under a Q3 and it will lift it up? Or A3, yeah, A3, sorry, yeah, yeah, almost bolt in. No, it's a direct bolt in. He then went above and beyond that and created his own suspension, but still. <laughs> so the fender cool.
0: flares on the passenger side didn't fare as well.
1: No. No. And I think he now holds the record for the youngest person to go around that track with his daughter, when she was like maybe a year old. Yeah, maybe. So had yeah. fun, though. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I got a cute picture of that. <laughs> Stop taking pictures of other people's babies, Dan. <laughs> they were in it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> sure. And then sure. The, uh, I give credit to the uh, – the it w- well, let's see. It wasn't a Raptor. It was an F-150,
1: yeah, I mean, it which, which still is, managed to get all four wheels off the ground. They were, having, <laughs> they were having fun. I, I did not know and that. And that again, that's a stock Ford color. I did not know that. It's really it beautiful look, color. It yeah, looks like blue. it's a wrap. It's just this most unique bright blue. So yeah, I like that truck.
0: I will say, nobody in Avant's off road that goes to one of those events in a Raptor. Does not full send that raptor. They jump almost every time they go, and it's hilarious to watch. Eventually,
1: yeah, not the first few rounds. I was out on the course when the when the Raptors came in on that second part, and the, the first couple times they were slow, and then it get a little faster, and a little faster, and then pretty soon it was just like the Duke's a hazard in there. So. Yeah,
0: like the fourth or fifth lap, everybody's like, "Let's see how fast we can go." Eighty yeah. on the back stretch, why not? <laughs> didn't
1: break something there. I'll just up it a little bit. Yeah, so. I don't think. I don't think. Minus a few fender flares and things like that. Nobody really broke some too much. So No. Yeah.
0: No. It's a, well, I mean, the truck, the track is not that brutal. Um, so it's designed to be like you could just drive it in anything, but also if you really want to have a good time. They did a really good job on the designing it, actually, because it's so it fits both worlds really well.
1: That was really cool to see that. It was, it's a little bit older G-Wagon out there. Yeah. Which is fun. Lots like of
0: so. G-Wagons, lots of Range Rovers, people really using vehicles that you expect to only see in a parking lot and really <laughs> using them, which is
1: cool and then they had a a they just got back from um king of hammers they had a king of hammer
0: uh jeep yeah they didn't run it on the track
1: no not the jeep the the one that was sitting across the street from our booth that was
0: that was the king of the hammers jeep
1: no 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 the booth next was had the jeep yes the thing that sat across from us that was that was not a jeep it was a custom build jeep yeah that was not a jeep yeah it's a tube frame why would you say that? That's that, This is the farthest thing from a Jeep. It's still
0: a, it has a V8, I think. In oh, it. Okay, a, all right. I'm uh, I trying to find the photos. I think I it's think, like loosely yeah, based off yeah, a Jeep. I, I mean, at that point, nothing's really anything. Do, do
1: you vote for Jeep on that? Oh, it's okay. Jeep esque. You will say anything to me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, I mean, it was pretty cool. So,
0: yeah, it's a custom truck. I mean, it's okay. l- loosely resembles a
1: Jeep. Let's oh, put it that I way. I did not. I I was, it's not a Jeep yeah, okay, at that uh, point. I mean, it's it's a V8. <laughs> They had, but they had a pretty awesome rock crawling jeep there too. Yes, so, they did, and yeah. that thing like probably went
0: through in two wheel drive high with no effort. Pretty
1: much, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was a good day. It was a good day. Thanks to uh, Brandon Van Pal cool. and Adam from Avance and everybody. Yeah. Uh, all the volunteers that were out there, you know, slinging in the mud. Yes, <laughs> so, yeah. uh, and the bark <laughs> and the bark. Yes. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, we should jump into our Carter Subaru tip of the week. Okay. Uh, so we've had this mix of snow off and on. I had a weird hail experience, <laughs> which was enough hail to cover the road. It looked like snow.
1: I had a bad experience. <laughs> okay,
0: But uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of, uh, de-icer all over the roads right now, and especially all over Texas right now, <laughs> where they're pouring anything on the roads they can to get traction, because they're in that crazy cold snap. Such weird weather this, well, forever now, all over the world.
1: No, Dan, we have global warming. I mean, you know, one of the warmest states in the country, Texas, has snow that's up to the, you know, there are, there are their swimming pools are frozen. They're ice skating, but it's global warming. (laughs)
0: That's a whole other topic. But anyway, so our tip of the week though, is if you are in one of those environments and we have a lot of listeners that are, especially down in Texas, actually we have a pretty good audience there. And on the East coast, you're dealing with the icer. You have got to get a car wash subscription. And I don't mean one of those drive through sandpaper, blast your car, car washes. I mean the touchless car wash. You need to track one down in your town and you need to find a subscription. That salt, if you've ever lived in the Midwest for, or been through it for more than 20 minutes, have seen every truck out there rusted through to the core. No matter what it is, every piece of metal I think is going to rust. That de-icer, and not just the salt, the de-icer as well, will eat through that metal like you wouldn't believe. And the w- only way around that is you've got to wash under the vehicle. And you want to go find a touchless car wash with an underbody wash. Most of them do over there and you need to hit it every 2 or 3 days. <laughs> Just drive through it and keep going. You don't have to get out and clean the car and make it perfect, but you got to wash that stuff off. It can't sit on your car.
1: If you if you, and if you live at home, there are like hose attachments and mm-hmm. power wash attachments. You can get the little wheels with with jets yep. that you can, you know, underwater underbody wash. Which are really cool little tools to have even if you're not washing off the icer, but
0: yeah, if you do any kind of off-roading. Like if you go work. to an Avance event. Like if you go to any Avance yeah, exactly. event off-road, yeah. you yeah. will want one of those. It's just a power wash att- attachment. It's got a long wand on it. It makes it really easy to clean the underside of your truck, and you can flip it over and clean the pavement when you're done. Um, okay. The circular ones work better for that. But uh, that is definitely the tip of the week is make sure this time of year when you're when there's de River where you are t- hitting a touchless car washer. you have one of those attachments. Touchless car wash, the chemicals in those things can strip some of the stuff in your paint, especially wax, things like that. So again, they're not the best option if you can do it at home all the time, but most people don't have the option or the time to go through and clean off their car every two or three days. I highly, highly recommend you get a subscription to that and save yourself some money because I think it's typically, I think my parents in Maryland are spending 35 a month, I want to say. On their unlimited drive-through subscription.
1: Well, you had you had a subscription with the with the Land Cruiser with yeah. uh, Brown Bear, right? Yep. And that was like thirty or forty. It was like bucks thirty bucks a yeah. month,
0: and I went through that thing like every three days. Yeah. <laughs> so I got more than my money's worth out of it because I was like, "Oh, off road, no problem, drive through, <laughs> sure, <laughs> sure." <laughs> and then just over and over and over again. So again, yeah. these are a little hard in your paint. I we can go into that a whole other time. That the chemicals they use in those cheap car washes are probably more than they need and don't and. They're just not great. Let's put it that way.
1: Understood. But they're a whole
0: lot better than de-icer and salt. So no matter what you're running, do something to wash that stuff off. That'll make your life a whole lot easier, and it's a really cheap thing to do to just drive through. And, hey, clean car all the time, clean-ish car all the time. Let's put it that way.
1: There you go. Well, as we started off, and I was tar- t- talking about the monkeys, and we were talking about accessories. Uh, Dan and I were talking today about the fact that we were guestless, and we thought, you know, let's kind of talk about some of the things that we've done to our cars throughout the past and things like that. What's worked? What's was? What hasn't? Yeah,
0: we're going to call this segment "Worth It" not worth it. Okay, <laughs> because we have done a lot of not worth it uh, <laughs> in an attempt <laughs> to make things better and been like, well, that was stupid. So
1: many bends of parts. That's like I want. I wanted that, but it looked cool. So yeah. yeah.
0: Which is easy to do now with Amazon and everything. You're like, oh, I'll get those. Those will work. No, they, for a week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Thank God for Amazon's return policy.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So yeah. Uh, I'm going to start with the, the most obvious one, the very top of our list. The most important thing I or the best money I have ever spent on any vehicle across the board, street, off-road, motorcycle, bicycle, everything. Stickers. Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. No. Yeah. It is tires. Uh you get what you pay for in tires. I have tried all the cheap brands. I have tried because I was broke for a long time. I have tried used. I have tried everything. And there is a good reason expensive tires are expensive period. And there's a good reason why some places are selling good tires at cheap prices. We've talked about this before extensively with uh right away tire and Blake. And typically if you find like uh, a Michelin pilot sp- uh, sport, what do they call it? Super Sport? Uh, yeah, the 4s, the brand new ones, the Sport 4Ss, I think they're on now. Okay. If you find those dirt cheap, it's probably because they're really old, and they've been sitting on a shelf for three years, and they're hard as a rock, and they're halfway through their shelf life.
1: If, and if you don't know what we're talking about, go back, find Blake's last episode, and he will talk about the, the coating on the side of the tire. On A tire can be brand new, and it sits on the shelf for so long, it's worthless.
0: Yeah, we had a previous guest who had a car which had almost brand new Pirelli 0s on it, with like 500 miles on them. Almost. Yeah. Almost. Almost. That were cracked to the core and falling apart because the car never saw the time on the road. And they were like 12 years old. So they were hard as a rock. So but They're brand new, Dan. They're brand new, brand new. Only 500 yeah. miles on them. Yeah. yeah. So keep that in mind, too, is that time does destroy rubber, uh, whether that be suspension bushings or anything else, but especially tires. So worth it, tires. That's where it's worth spending the money. I think that's the most important part on your car above all else because it's the part holding you on the road. Okay. So um, opposite of that.
1: I was going to say, let's go for a not worth it. right? Not off the bat. worth
0: it right off the bat. Stainless brake lines. Okay. I've talked about that a lot on this show. Uh, very, very little use case for stainless brake lines are actually worth it. Um, custom, custom suspension applications, um, if you do a lot of gravel or off-road. But that old brake line swelling that we used to talk about or they used to market a lot doesn't actually happen anymore in new brake lines, period. Uh, it just doesn't. You're far better off spending that money on fresh brake fluid every year
1: what came on the vet did they did it come with steel lines or what was on came it? with half steel half yeah. steel that's it okay yeah. yeah
0: and so on my old vet I did them noticed no difference whatsoever i don't i have honestly never noticed that on any motorcycle i've ever had and i've done it cuz they look cool on motorcycles that's the only reason i've ever done it that's it but if you think you're getting some magic brake performance upgrade by changing your brake lines spoiler alert you're not at there, all
1: and and i want to say this there are a lot of things on this worth on this list we'll say worth it is is aesthetically pleasing yes so yeah yeah and that's yeah.
0: really a big thing here worth it aesthetically not worth it at all performance wise yeah. so the performance claims they claim from stainless brake lines on a modern vehicle it's real real clear on that on an old vehicle there's a very different story there because you have very different compounds you don't have kevlar in your lines things like that where they don't expand under heat totally worth it but there's a reason the factory you know, McLaren 765 doesn't come with full stainless lines. One, it doesn't need it. Two, DOT. You can still make a DOT stainless line, for the record. There's plenty of DOT stainless lines, but it's completely unnecessary. And it usually adds a little bit of weight. Not much, but a tiny, tiny bit. Like I said, if you're in a heavy gravel situation, you do a lot of gravel roads. Alaska, you want to think up there, Northwest Territory, of Northern Canada, where you're getting a lot of that road rash on the inside of your wheel wells and on your brake lines. That actually does have a purpose. But stainless lines, even when they're coated, typically wear out faster. The coatings wear off them. They will not wear through because they have some armor. But that wearing of that silicone protective coating can rub against your suspension components and cause chafing on the suspension itself. And it's not really going to cause any failures. But just so you know, you're not really getting an advantage there.
1: Okay. Well, let's, uh, let's work our way out here. Let's talk about wheels. And I think this is a, a big topic.
0: Yep, that is a big topic. Let's take... Oh, yeah. Topic, not taco. I want tacos now. But let's take our first break, and I'll be right back.
1: We spend an average of 8 hours and 41 minutes a day facing screens, laptops, smartphones, tablets, even digital refrigerators. But what are we really connected to? Isn't it time you connected to something greater? Sometimes the best way to connect is to disconnect. This moment of escape was created by Haggerty for people who love cars. And we're back. Okay. Well, as I was talking about before the break, uh, is wheels, and this is it's a hot topic. This is a very hot topic because you know uh, when you were when you were young and you had your your Honda Civic or your you know ninety two Subaru Legacy hypothetically. Yep. You know you wanted cool wheels. I mean, you st- I think well we all started with hubcaps. We all went down to shocks and we got the hubcaps. <laughs> you know, hubcaps. You know, you could paint your wheels black and do whatever you wanted. But yeah. Are expensive wheels worth it? I mean, we look at this stuff and these three-piece wheels, diamond cut, you know, Mm -hmm. and and they're gorgeous and they look wonderful on the car, but, I mean... Yes and no. Do they, you know, a lot of the the nicest wheels I've seen on cars are cars that aren't really going anywhere. Like, they're they're, (laughs) they're sitting in a garage and things like that.
0: Yeah, you mean your 24s on your diesel truck yeah
1: (laughs) well i mean it's it's like you know the 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 common thing like on on the new mustangs and stuff and the the new gts is these carbon fiber wheels yep i mean they're gorgeous but there's there's a purpose to them there's a reason why you're paying twenty four thousand dollars for wheels on a car that needs it
0: yeah so there are use cases for wheels and that's the most important part here are expensive wheels worth it yes depending on the use case for the most part no um, you going down to your neighborhood tire store and picking up a set of 20 inch wheels because they look cool typically has a negative effect on many areas of your car, especially performance though. You're increasing your braking because you're adding rotational mass, but it's most noticeable on braking. You might get some better handling, but usually, the, usually only if you go with a larger wheel that's lighter. So you want to go from a cast to a forged wheel or a flow forge as they call it, which is still a lightweight casting wheel.
1: There's nothing better than rolling down the road and seeing a Suburban on 24s and you can barely tiny see the caliper. Yeah. <laughs> upgrade yeah. your brakes, lady, before I can get the heck out of your way. We so. covered
0: that really early on in our show, actually, is that we've seen that failure amongst people a lot where they will upgrade the wheels but not upgrade the brakes. And especially when you go big on SUVs, that's like exactly as you said. You go Because you can go from like a 17 on a Suburban to a 24 and it'll still fit. But you're adding like... Not, not a little bit, like 60 pounds of rotational mass. It's not a little bit. It's a massive amount of weight at each corner. Plus
1: the weights they have to put on it to Plus keep it Plus the weights balanced. they have to yeah. balance it on. Yeah. And
0: usually reducing traction because you and ride quality because you've reduced all the comfort of having any kind of sidewall. There's a happy yeah. medium there. But there's a reg, there's a reason that forged wheels cost a lot. They're super strong and super light. And so if you can increase the diameter, diameter of your wheel, decrease the weight, you're going to get better handling braking across the board. So the benefit is highly there on off-road stuff. Typically expensive off-road wheels are either beadlocked or they're forged. Uh, factory forged wheels on the Raptor, by the way, if you got the beadlocks, which is really cool, which is why I got them. But they're also really light, and they're really strong. But they may not be the best on-road. Like beadlocks, we've talked about on the show, are, t- are actually non-DOT compliant. Uh, that said, a good set of beadlocks. I know a lot of guys that are running them year-round, and they're not leaking at all. The technology has caught up.
1: And the fake ones look so real, it's hard to tell who's actually yeah, running them. Yeah, exactly.
0: And so... If you're getting strength for it and you're you're getting a wheel specifically for a low speed environment some weight might be a, a worthwhile trade-off for you especially if you're going with already like to a 37-inch wheel or tire on a Jeep and you go to an 18-inch wheel like that might be worth it because you're you have a dedicated use case. But you got to consider how much you're strain you're adding on the drivetrain when you go to a different wheel. And if you go to a cheap wheel it's 100% not worth it. Um, you, you can downgrade your wheels, even sticking with the same size on a lot of cars. Like if you bring your Camry, your older one, and it's got, you know, factory 16-inch wheels, and you go to your local tire shop and you want a shiny chrome wheel, it might weigh
1: five pounds more per corner.
0: <laughs> it's not going to be an upgrade.
1: Plus, that chrome is going to come off there real fast.
0: Yeah, so. but I mean, a lot of those even factory wheels on family sedans are cast aluminum for a reason. They're lightweight, um, lighter weight than a lot of the aftermarket wheels. So if you're going to go aftermarket wheels, which is one of the best aesthetic upgrades you can make, make sure that you're not sacrificing your performance, your braking. I mean, there's so many downsides to choosing a cheap wheel.
1: Also, if, you, I mean, if you're going to go into one of your local tire stores or whatever, and they're going to they're gonna sell you what you want. I mean, they're not going to let you go out of there with something dangerous, but also they're not going to be like, hey, you should upgrade your brakes. By, by the way, you put these 26s on your your yeah. Escalade, but... Yeah. Talk
0: to HKP, talk to right Away tire, talk to the experts who aren't trying to sell you what, just what you want, but who can actually tell you the differences in what you're getting. There are people out there who care. Um, I'm not saying the other ones don't. I'm just saying, like, you know, when you have a, a large chain of tire stores, the, the attention to detail probably isn't the same as a small boutique shop. Sure. For the most part.
1: Um, the next one on the list is something actually Dan and I are looking for at this moment. <laughs>
0: yes. So, um, yeah. so I've the downside right now, I have a cheap pressure washer. I got this cheap electric pressure washer. It does the job. It's does a job. The it's, 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 is the better job. A it's better washer. than not
1: having a pressure mm-hmm. washer. It's better
0: than not having a pressure washer. And I got it. It's held up. I got it like seven or eight years ago for like 70 bucks.
1: For as much as we bitch about it, we have used it a lot. And, and even you have too. And yeah. it's, it's held up. It's, it's held it's been up. been a good thing. Yeah,
0: But the difference between like this but. Bottom of the barrel, like, got it on some Slick Deals closeout refurb special. I think it's, I don't even know what the brand is. But it it was like a $70 electric pressure washer that throws the breaker every time I turn it on, so I have to click the switch every time. But it does a decent job, and it was 70 bucks. but it doesn't have replaceable tips. I can't, you know, there's no function with it. The, the amount of difference there is between even an entry-level good quality gas pressure washer and a cheap pressure washer is massive. Like, I'm not going to clean concrete with this thing. It's like going to blow off dust that's about it but that's also, something,
1: that's also something else to look at and from an automotive standpoint if you're going to buy a pressure washer a lot of them do come with multiple tips yeah you have to be really 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 careful <laughs> about what you point that at depending on what the tip <laughs> is on there because it there are tips there will take cement off your driveway it will gladly take the paint off the car i've seen that happen
0: so, so yeah i was working at the body shop at the time and i was no. Fill a hole, Dan. Got it. Yeah. So we had this uh, diesel pressure washer, heated, huh. awesome pressure washer. Because I mean, we used it all the time. I didn't even
1: know there was such a thing as oh, like a yeah. diesel pressure washer. Yeah, they
0: use, it's a commercial cleaning pressure washer. Sure. I mean, this is the thing they used to like strip buildings and old bridges. You know, this is like that <laughs> thing, right? I don't know where they got this thing. It was so overkill for what we were doing. It was hilarious. We but, pulled
1: the engine out of a cat tractor,
0: and uh, <laughs> but you could set the temperature on it, and it oh, worked wow. really well. Well, we had this new guy who had never done that before, and he cranked up. Because what he thought was the pressure, which would have been bad either way, because you would have cut a fender in half (laughs) with a high pressure. So he's got this thing. So he turns up the temperature. Well, he takes it. I mean, it's been warming up. Like, you got It's a gas. You have to let it warm up to temperature. So he lets this thing run for like five minutes, which in one of those is a lot. (laughs) He fires up with the tip like turned into a straight stream. Uh, And he literally cut right through a tire. (laughs) I mean, right through, just. Boom! Tire explodes, like cuts through the paint, brand oh. new paint job on a car, dents the fender because the pressure is so high. Oh. Okay. <laughs> he is just
1: freaking out. I'm yeah. like, what are you doing? Let alone some of the hottest water in the world splashing back. Oh, yeah, here, boiling. Yeah.
0: It's going out there basically boiling. Mm-hmm. And so it literally cut right through the paint, right through the tire, blew the tire. I could not believe it could get that hot. <laughs> so... <laughs> Little overkill. Yeah. Um. I highly recommend a Honda powered pressure washer. Uh, yeah. I've been holding out. Costco occasionally has this one. It's branded by Subaru, but it's not Subaru, of course. It just has a Subaru name on it. Electric start makes it better. Yeah. It's got electric start on it. Okay. Awesome pressure washer, and it's usually like three three fifty. That is seems to be the sweet spot for a consumer consumer grade. Not. Not pro grade. I mean, if you want to see the good stuff, go see our friend Matt at Obsessed Garage. Just
1: about to say that. Yeah, yeah. that's that's yeah. who you want
0: to go if you want to pressure school, be schooled on pressure washers. Just go to Obsessed Garage. That's your bible. But if you're looking for one off the shelf for your make, basics, make
1: sure you have a couple of hours because <laughs> yes, he's exactly. going to explain it to you better than we can. But yeah, yeah. But so. if you're
0: if you're looking for a pro one, go see him. If you're looking for just, I just want to clean my driveway and spray my dirty car occasionally, I, Costco's. Got a great one and a great return policy.
1: Now, this is something you put on the list that, for not worth it that I didn't even know existed. A battery-operated pressure washer?
0: Yeah. And so there, there's, I forget, Works, W-O-R-X, I think it is. Mm-hmm. You've probably seen them at Orange Brand. They're orange batteries and stuff. They do a lot of tool stuff. And I got one of these try out, basically. Uh, it was a gift to try out, which was good. It was Amazon, thank God. And uh, it had about as much pressure as my hose um, <laughs> with two batteries on it. And the idea was great. You literally just plugged in the hose to the bottom of it, and it had, like, a little soap dispenser on it. But this thing, it was garbage. Okay. Uh, absolute garbage. And so, I mean, it'll get there. The concept
1: I, but, is neat. But yeah. yeah, the
0: concept was fantastic yeah. because typically I don't – when I'm doing a car wash, I don't need a super high-power pressure washer. I just need something basic, and that's easy to move around. Didn't work at all. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it did not clean wheels, did not really do anything. So – uh, maybe one, next time, guys. <laughs> one
1: thing I did want to add to the, to, and I know I brought up the battery thing, the high the high quality pressure washer. A lot of these ones now have nozzles at the end that you can angle ninety degrees. Yeah, which is really nice when you're trying to get inner fender wells and things like that. Yeah. You know,
0: so yeah. So yeah, not worth it. Battery operated pressure washer wands. They're coming up on the market. Maybe in five or six years, we'll see some good ones that'll do the job, much like we do with tools now. Like a T-
1: Tesla, come out with one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Tesla make us a pressure washer. <laughs>
1: Just gotta wash in the sun. Yeah. Speaking
0: of monsoon season and water, uh, <laughs> yeah. our next one is should be obvious, and we've talked about this at length in the show before, us so on our winter episode actually, And that's good wiper blades. Uh, so there is a sweet spot for those as well, and there's been a lot of research on this thank God. Um, so the Bosch icons, there's a couple of different Bosch ones, but the icon blades are pretty much the sweet spot across the board for having the most consistent good reviews over time. There are some slightly better ones, like the RainX brand, are pretty good. I was
1: going to say, RainX is good. I You're better to get the Rain-X stuff that goes into your washer fluid than the Rain-X blades, I think. But they're still good blades, yeah. Yeah,
0: and so good wiper blades do matter. Here we have, I'm going to say this again, we talked about this before, but we have a really crappy mix of road conditions, and that is we have constant wet with constant dirt. (laughs) Yes, everything runs onto the roads from the hills here, and so we get this weird sandblasting effect, and if you don't replace your wiper blades often enough, what you will do is etch the shape of those wiper blades right into your windshield, and it won't take much. I actually end up replacing mine twice a year because it's so cheap to do. It's just cheap insurance for keeping things clean.
1: Well, and I was going to say this, and it's something that I didn't realize, but, like, when I got my Subaru and I got the, I bought the warranty and built it into the price, most warranties these days include wiper blades. Howdy care so, does, and yeah. And if you're in the dealership, ask them because, like, they asked, Carter asked me, they're like, do you want new blades? And I'm like, "Uh, yeah, I didn't even know. He's like, well, yeah, it's part of your package. I'm like, yep. okay. So I, every time I go in there, I'm like, I would like some blades, please. <laughs> so Yeah, so service, yeah.
0: Uh, Porsche's extended warranty covers that. The Porsche Care, Audi Care. Um, I know, yeah, Subaru does. Yeah. There's quite a few plans that actually do cover wiper blades. Yeah. And importantly, uh, the factory blades for a lot of cars are not off-the-shelf shape. They're made for that car, which is especially in mass-produced vehicles. So like the Audi, the S4 I had, had actually Audi brand blades. They were made by Bosch, but they are not off-the-shelf blades. Uh, and I compared them side-by-side just kind of To check, and they're not. They are specific to that. And they weren't even any any more money. They were the exact same price if I bought them off the shelf.
1: And a lot of times, and this is another thing that can add to the wear of them, I've noticed, is a lot of cars have heated wiper blades. And the blade's not actually heated, but there's an element in there. But that element can, well, it sits there and heats it. Can deteriorate the rubber eventually, so just watch it.
0: Yeah, UV. If you live in a really hot environment, UV is actually what kills wiper blades more than anything else. So if you've been sitting in the sun, you can usually see them. Like back wipers, you see this a lot. Yeah. They start falling apart off the back of the car. That's usually because back windows are tinted, so they are heat more. They hold more heat. Uh, okay. So that will destroy wiper blades. But um, a few recent tests I came across. Uh, Project Farm, one of my favorite YouTube channels, did a really, really extensive one-year test on wiper blades. Which was actually really cool to see. The, one of the worst ones in the test was the Pia silicone wiper blades. Remember Pia lights? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, those are garbage too. We'll get to that. But the the silicone wiper blades actually fared some of the worst in the test. Okay. They were they the silicone is great for like the month you have them, and then it dries and cracks. They're just too soft. It doesn't hold up to the sand that you get on the road. So if you have a perfect place where it, you have no sand and it's just water all the time maybe if you live in a rainforest commute in a rainforest on paved roads maybe
1: so if you have <coughs> anything in sil- anything silicone keep it out of the sun pretty much or it'll crack yeah okay <laughs> good to know
0: yeah anyway so yeah those the paying more didn't get you more though and paying less didn't either so the sweet spot tends to be about that 20 dollars price range uh, also some of the worst in the test were the goodyear brand at costco those are garbage, and same with the Michelin ones as well, actually.
1: Half the time, of those ones at Costco, like I've looked at the books, and they're, they're, they only make so many, so they're, they're, generic. Like, like yeah, they're said, generic. Yeah, they're very generic. They have like a 1,000 attachments, yeah. Yeah.
0: And yeah, yeah. you open the box, and you get like a, yeah, <laughs> a use spare clip parts bin. Seven, half of Clip 7, and
1: yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Thanks for all the plastic. Mm-hmm. Uh let's see here.
1: How about uh, I think the next worth it is is high quality floor mats and I cannot say anything better about them. Like you went out and bought, you bought WeatherTech, right? No, actually no. I didn't.
0: Um I actually got Husky. Husky. I usually okay. get WeatherTech. Yeah. Um and just based on some reviews on the F150 forum, it was the way they covered underneath the gas pedal, which is a really important part. That's usually what I'm paying for. It's the only thing I really care about is because factory uh factory floor mats typically don't come all the way up into the gas pedal when your foot is just hovering there constantly just kind of shoving dirt behind it the whole time and so it gets really dirty but like at our avance event um we i probably put a half pound of mud into the truck getting in and out of it that day yeah and so it's one of the first things i do but not just on my trucks i did it on the porsche i did it on the corvette everything just because it's so much easier to clean them and i swap them out depending on the season
1: and i mean having uh you know crummy season mats like even you can have even for your luxury cars and the maserati's got them You can, you know, Porsche's got them. It's really easy to do. Um, Husky's great. Obviously, WeatherTech. WeatherTech does a good job of scanning. I mean, they really, you know, they put it in all their commercials, but they really scan the interior of the car and make sure that it form fits. So Because you don't want something moving around under your foot. Yeah,
0: exactly. But a good set of floor mats will save you a lot in cleaning as well. Yeah. And cleaning bills and a lot of wear, actually. Mine actually covers my dead pedal which is nice because then I'm not wearing down that, you know, that section. Mm-hmm. You put your left foot over the dead pedal, and you're just packing dirt into the bottom of it off your heel.
1: Like you're practically standing on it when you're mad. Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. And so, yeah, spend, I think I spent 50 bucks on mine. Uh, no, no, I spent the, I got the whole set cause I got the front and rear of that giant runner. Yeah. That's that was actually one of the main reasons I got it in my truck. The factory rear runner was pretty large because it has that huge open floor. But the Husky one goes all the way into the front seats, all the way into the back seats, all the way to the bin. So, like, you can throw a dog back there, for example, and it's not going to get fur all over the floor. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's it's important. I mean, do your research depending on where you want it to cover. You know, you the more it covers, you're going to pay a little bit more. But with the higher quality rubber in there, you it'll protect a lot more. Yep. Yeah. Uh, next one I
0: had, speaking of after removing those floor mats (laughs) (laughs) is spend the money for a high high quality shop vac. Um, Yeah. And the numbers don't tell the whole game. So you can get a six horsepower on paper shop vac that may not do as good a job as a four and a half. Uh, look for reviews. There's the name brands typically do tend to do better. Actually. Uh, I've looked at the ones that look really close and DeWalt across the board typically has really good reviews and lives up to its claims. You can occasionally get them at Costco. Um, but you will find so many uses for that stupid thing. And a good shop back is like a 15 year investment for 200 bucks, 300 bucks. It's not like you're going to use it for a year and toss it. Like I still, I gave away this little shop I had had for 18 years. It was a shop brand, like a little tiny one I got, I think when I was 18 or 19 from my parents. I finally was just like, this thing's never going to die. Like I don't use it. <laughs> I anymore. want something new. Yeah. I just want something bigger, and I wanted something with more power. But it was a perfect little quick shot back, and I have the I have the small uh,
1: Dyson handheld for the quick jobs. I love the Dyson handhelds for the small yeah. for getting between the seats and stuff. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's good for those tight spaces without having to lug the giant uh, hose around, but uh, also there's a couple companies out there. You can find, uh, they're called hose socks and they're nice soft socks that go over the, the hose on your shop vac. So when you drag it across the interior, you're not scuffing that door sill. Highly recommend that as well. But a cheap vac, a cheap shop vac, well, doesn't suck. And that's the problem. They typically, they dust up really quick. They don't have a lot of capacity and they just don't have the power to keep up.
1: And half the time they blow it out the other end and yeah. look for, and always look for one that, that has a wet capacity as well that you could go in and you need, if you need to suck up water.
0: Yeah, which even if you don't, um, that's great for cleaning. Like uh, if you're cleaning seat belts, one of the tricks is to make sure, one, make sure the nozzle on your shop vac isn't all scuffed up, but you typically spray some cleaner on there, even a, a solution of uh, laundry, laundry cleaner and water. Let it soak into the, pull the, pull the seatbelt out, clamp it, and then you can just basically spray that on, let it, let it soak in, and then use the shot vac to suck it out, and that'll pull all the dirt out of it. So versus scuffing it with a brush actually kind of ruins the seatbelt, but this is a great way to restore seat belts.
1: Did you ever empty your shop vac after we had spider day? at your house or is, or is there probably a, like a spider kingdom inside your shop? There's probably back. a spider kingdom okay, in there. Right. I think oh, I've yeah. emptied it once. Oh, okay, all right.
0: Yeah, living by the water. It, people don't tell you this when you live by the water. You so note. Yeah. 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 You the amount of spiders you get is like horror movie level, and you yeah. don't know it because they love damp environments, well, yeah. and it's like every window has 50 spiders on it. And you can dust them, but the best way to do it is to suck, suck them up with a vacuum.
1: Dan and I were in his garage one night, and I was like, we should do this, and it turned into just a couple of beers, and like the amount of spiders we sucked up <laughs> the inside of his, his garage was insane. There was, was a like, heck of
0: a fight in that, that vacuum, Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. It was
1: a you know, war of the worlds in there. So, yeah. Um, the next thing we want to talk about is is tools
0: tools specifically one came to mind it's made me think of it but yeah there's one thing i have spent money on and not regretted it, and that has been high quality tools and every now and then you can skate by with not spending the massive amount depending on the tool but there's a reason really nice tools cost a lot of money
1: well i mean and if you went back in the day and if you remember from sears and craftsman you'd buy a craftsman tool if you broke it you got a new tool yeah. That doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. <laughs> they fix the tool, which it doesn't fix.
0: So DeWalt has probably the best replacement warranty I've seen for now without going into a store. So if you have the time, like you can literally just, there's like, if you open a, a box of DeWalt tools, the little divider in it has a little number you call. You tell them which tool you broke. You can send them a picture. And they'll just send you a new one. Like no questions asked. You can be like, I ran it over with three semis. It doesn't work anymore. Like, here you go. Here's a new one. So that's nice.
1: There's a really good kit. I bought it. I think you may have it. Is There's a DeWalt toolkit I got from uh, Costco, and it's it's it looks like black chrome. Mm-hmm. But it's really a good toolkit. Yeah, it's a it's, good it, basic it's kit. It's not yeah. high end, but it, it it's got... Uh, every size socket you'll need. The only thing I say is make sure you read the directions and open it the right way because if you don't, everything falls out. (laughs) and You learn how to reorganize it. So,
0: yeah. Yeah, but it goes... So the difference I tell people is you need to decide if the tool you have is if it breaks, can you not finish the job? So there's a reason pro mechanics tools cost a lot because like if you're...
1: Snap on guy's driving a Corvette for a reason. <laughs> right. Yeah.
0: And so but I mean if your three quarter ratchet breaks in the middle of a job and you're a mechanic, that's your livelihood. If a break three quarter ratchet breaks for me in the middle of a job, it's a short delay and I don't really care if it comes in the next day. Like yeah. whatever. I'll just find something else. Um and there's also specialty tools, but also in one of the things I put on here, my favorite tool that was worth the money for me, and I don't use it that often, but when I do, I'm so glad I have it. I have this. The ha- lead
1: up is great, Dan. What, it is. What's your tool you're not using? My favorite tool. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> my half inch impact. Yes. And that thing is like. If if that's not getting it off, you grab the torch. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's like it's one of the most powerful tools I have, and I've had so many rusted suspension components that I've soaked and soaked and soaked, and then I'm like, just grab the wrench.
1: We, well, we use it on the Land I remember, didn't you use it on Garof's Corvette when the when the uh, the brakes wouldn't come off? Yeah, yeah, and it still didn't come off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: that was yeah, that was bad. Yeah, but I don't know what that whoever torqued that bolt on <laughs> there was Hercules. Yeah. But, I mean, I've had it on, you know, old stubborn parts on old 4x4s and everything. That thing just takes a beating. and never stops.
1: If you want something easy and, and it's going to break, you go to Harbor Freight. Everybody knows that. But it's not, you're not going to be.
0: They usually don't live it. There's a bunch of testing out there online. And if you do get anybody who does any real world testing on tools, you'll find that cheap tools typically don't live up to the claims they present of how many pounds, pound feet of torque or like that. It's usually just not calibrated correctly for a, thing, a lot of things. Like, sure. uh, what's I going to say? Help me out here. Impact? Not impact.
1: Dance making hand signals, and I'm not really sure torque wrenches. Oh, torque wrenches. Torque okay. wrenches. So you were doing this. I yes, was like, like, okay. Yeah. The right. sweet spot yeah. uh, for
0: torque wrenches is not the bottom of the barrel. Usually, just isn't calibrated enough. Their their tolerance is way too high. Like give or take 10 percent is way too big on a torque wrench. Uh, but you know. One to three percent for a consumer is more than fine. For the really, really high-end guys, though, doing this professionally, working on motors, you're going to be into the snap-ons and things like that. They're going to be like you know, so digital point one percent,
1: digital over mechanical. <laughs>
0: Depends on the case. I mean, for most people at home, a mechanical torque wrench is totally fine. Okay. Um, I said so I've done, I've had some Tecton ones, I still do, and I've checked them with a digital torque adapter to see where they're at, and they've been spot on. So I can't complain. The the one thing I will say with cheaper torque wrenches is they're they're less tolerant to being not being reset so typically when you store a torque wrench you have to dial it back down to zero so if you leave a torque wrench at 95 foot pounds it will come out of tolerance faster so just keep a pro tip for cheaper torque wrenches like i said i've been really happy with the tecton ones for the money but i am a home user if you're a pro you want the best out there you're going to spend the money on the snap on and it's going to be worth it
1: the snap on got to come to you though that's true yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah I was, I was watching some video. A guy comes home and she's like, Is that a new snap on jacket? And he's like, Yeah. And she's like, What'd that cost? He's like, About 32000 She's like, What? <laughs> he's like, Well, it came with a tool set and a toolbox. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, the next not worth it is one I shall talk about because I'm guilty of this. This is an um, aesthetics is these Roto Packs. Um, if you know my car for a long time, I had Roto Packs on the top of the Subaru. They aesthetically looked Fabulous! <laughs> I never once put fuel in them. <laughs> like I intended to, but every chip I took was like, I mean, I I'd think, oh, I need this fuel, and I'd fill up the Subaru. And by the time the trek was done, I'd have a half a tank still. And I'm like, well, I don't need to put fuel in there yet. But <laughs> um, Rotopack is a great is a great it's uh, a great product. Great product. Um, they make great medical kits. They great make great water kits. Yeah. The fuel packs. I mean, I will tell you this. Like they're awesome. I got I got the abused fuel packs, basically where there was a fault in them, which is probably one of the reasons subconsciously I never put fuel in it, (laughs) but um, there was really nothing wrong with them. The one problem I had with that, more than anything, was that the locks they use tend to get water in them and they rust. Other than that, which makes it really hard to get off the car, by the way. um, (laughs) They're aesthetically pleasing. There are better ways to
0: that's the thing I've noticed with a lot of overlanding stuff yeah. is a lot of people will spend a lot for something they never use. Yeah. When I'm like, okay, the one time I don't need to carry extra fuel, I'm gonna grab the Walmart fuel can and toss it when I'm done because yeah. it's gonna do the job for that one trip I take this year.
1: Rotopacks, and then the other thing I see all the time with overland is those those backpacks that go over people's rear re- rear spare tires, and it's like, well, I keep. Uh, what do you keep in there? I mean, it's technically, like
0: it's just it, a trash bag. It's
1: a trash bag. It's not secure. Um, <laughs> you can cut through it. So, Those yeah. are
0: handy for when you're frequently removing recovery equipment. So you can, your kinetic rope, you can just toss them in and out real yeah. quick. I have a truck bed, so it doesn't really matter that much. But it's not really a Rotopack thing. Rotopack's is actually a great product and a great use case if you need it. But in general, there's a lot of tools and a lot of add on accessories. Where you're just like, this really has no
1: real value to most people. Put a, to put a single Roto Pack tank, like a two and a half gallon tank on your car, it's probably going to cost you. 150 to 200 dollars right that's just for the tank and the mount and the the bolts you're going to need to get and then you're going to cut them down and then they're going to be too short you have to buy this is (laughs) hypothetical of course uh you you have to buy new bolts um (laughs) uh so uh go to go to walmart buy a fuel tank throw it out at the end um it just makes more sense (laughs) So, yeah, there is an opposite side of the argument. And one of the
0: things I have found that almost everybody should look into if you are in the situation where you need to carry extra fuel all the time and you this is you're going to do this a lot. It's worth it to get the money for the expanded fuel tank. There's a lot of companies offer it, and it's not a cheap solution. Don't get me wrong. You're going to be into it one, two thousand bucks. But if you go from a 20 gallon capacity like the Land Cruiser had and that thing got feet to the gallon and you go to the 40 gallon capacity you've doubled your, your range. You've got added basically an armored fuel uh, system to it. And the chances of you ever needing fuel or something, none. Yeah. So, and
1: these things are built for these cruisers that are going across Australia that where well, they may not come back. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I'm just saying, but like you said, you look into it, you're into like one Roto Pack. You're into about 200 bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not bad. That's, that's not a huge investment for something that sits nice and flush and has a specific use case, and it's a nice piece of equipment. But if this is your regular thing and you're putting money into it, I can't stress enough how nice it is to have a 35, almost 35-gallon tank on the Raptor. I have a 450-mile range. It's, I can't think of a trip where I would need more fuel unless maybe going to Alaska.
1: Did you see that Jeep that was on the Avance uh, off-road thing? And he had old-school fuel cans, like, right in front of the driver doors, bolted yeah. to the fenders. I was like, yeah, that's cool.
0: That's cool. Yeah. yeah. So... We're just saying nothing against Rotopack. They make a fantastic so they're, product. They're
1: wonderful. But like I when I bought those I was 100% sure I was going to use them all the time. There was never like the guy that bought it, bought them it from me he's like he's like these have never been used and I'm like no. He's like did you never put fuel in them? I said no. Well why not? I just ironically it was a Jeep guy. <laughs> so hopefully he's using them more than I have so.
0: Yeah. Uh, the next one we've been using a lot of. I these have paid for themselves a hundred times over. Okay. Cheap radios, uh, huh. 100% worth it. Um, these So there's, it's also worth it for expensive radios, but they just have different use cases. And for,
1: I, it's, di- it's a distance thing more than anything. Yeah, yeah. so th-
0: it's a little bit of distance, though. It's not like, you know, a cell phone versus a radio. It's like one's a half mile more and one's, that's it. Um, typically, the terrain is your biggest factor in a handheld radio and your antenna. So there's many times I've held the thing out the window and been like, oh, there it is. But for most of us just doing basic off-roading or... Even our, even our rallies, that's where we wish we had a little bit better ones. But, like I said, I, got, I have 13 Baofeng radios right now. And I paid less than $500 for all 13 with charging and extended antennas. Less than 500 One good Motorola radio. One good one is five to $600. So, for most people, uh, those handheld radios, which I hand out like candy when we go anywhere, if even in large groups, I'm like, don't worry, I'll bring all of them in a bag, I hand them out, there you go. If one breaks whatever. They gave me a discount when I ordered 10 of like 20%. It wasn't a little bit. It was like a massive discount. And they don't, they have squelch issues and little things like that. And we all know it.
1: There's some channel issues with some of the cheaper ones, but other than that.
0: Yeah. But I mean, for just your basic, like I'm going to go out with my buddies and go for a drive, especially, especially off-roading. But even for our four or five person rallies, these things are, are cheap enough that I just don't care about if one breaks and one bad Motorola, even though it is a superior radio period.
1: I don't think we've had any break, have we?
0: No, I've had yeah, clips so, break. Yeah, like I don't like who cares, I can replace that for nothing. So. They
1: are I mean with the extended antennas which is I love that we have. It's a little awkward when it's in the car cuz it's in it's in your cup holder and the, the antenna's kind of whipping yeah. around in the car, but other than that, yeah. Yeah, cheap radios And you work can great. get the you can get the lapel mics and things like that too, so.
0: Yeah, one thing that does not work great is those crappy ass FRS radios that you get from Walmart or whatever. They're fine if you can see the person in front of you. Uh, that's about it. I get
1: you got to get the G.I. Joe wrist ones. They probably work better. Yeah, those <laughs> are great. Or the Knight Rider ones, yeah. Yeah, and so. so
0: FRS radios are great for hiking if you're with a buddy or if you're like a line of sight. Yeah. Um, but we get easily quadruple, five times the range out of our, our basic Baofangs. Uh, the uv 5 R's is still around. I have the sixes. But anyway, I highly recommend the extra 50, 60 bucks. Like I said, you buy them in bulk, you hand them out. If you've got a club, you get massive discounts if you just email and ask. Um, you can get Amazon service for them, I mean, just make sure you don't get the – there's a couple of – they're so generic. There's actually knockoffs of the knockoffs. So I recommend buying from a, a reputable a seller. double knockoff. I mm. know. Yeah. Okay. The light turns on knockoff. Yeah, that's all it right. does. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So worth it. Expensive radios, especially in racing, uh, especially in professional situations, absolutely worth it. But also worth it with the cheap ones. The cheap Bowfangs actually do a pretty good job. And
1: Figure out what you're going to use it for.
0: Yeah, yeah, but even the $35 dollars uv 5 r is a great radio for 35 bucks. <laughs> it's far superior to the And you can Midlands. use cheap
1: radios at the track because you, most of the time you're within sight of the car that you're Yeah. Going. So as long yeah. as you
0: as long as you're set up to run, you're fine.
1: Yeah. What do we have next? Well, let's talk about something that's that everybody has in their car and we talk we're, we're, mm, we're going to bring it together between like quality phone mounts, GPS mounts, um, all kinds of things, and Dan, you've you've done a ton of it. Like the one, the one you love is the had like the, twenty. The, what is it? Tran or Skosh. Skosh? Um Probably one of the most powerful magnets that that you can get for phone mounts and and GPS mounts, and basically it will work with any medic- magnetic plate on the back of a phone. Yeah, GPS. So. so I
0: figured out a little trick with these, though it's not aesthetically pleasing. Okay, so phones with wireless charging. Sorry, this is going to block them. This includes the mm-hmm. iPhone 12 and every other. Device with wireless charging, but I have found it worth it because most vehicles don't have a wireless CarPlay yet. So for now, I might change it up. But the if you put the magnetic plate on the outside of your phone, uh, outside of the case, I recommend it on the case that will hold it enough, even in pretty extreme off-roading. Like I have rallied in the Raptor with this thing on the dash, and it doesn't go anywhere. So that that alone is great, and it's super simple to just take it in and off. And often when we're off-roading, we're hopping in and out of our vehicles, so I'm grabbing my phone and taking it with me. Fifty times during a single trip.
1: That's what I'm looking forward to, wireless CarPlay, because unplugging the, every yep. time. Apple CarPlay, especially in the Subarus, is very Uh, it's grouchy when you unplug and plug and the car's running and things like that. So
0: yeah. Android auto is as well. None of them are perfect, but uh, yeah, I have found that it's worth it to get the extra mount If you are riding motorcycles, if you are riding or doing serious off-road, I mean the hardcore stuff like jumping, things like that side by sides, which you're going to get your phone filthy, by the way, if you do that, so get an Otterbox or something, a full coverage case, quad lock mounts are awesome. Ram mounts are both. They're awesome as well. Uh, I like the quad lock because it's a simple one hand operation on and off once you figure it out. The RAM mounts are super secure as well, but that said, it is worth it in for those situations to get a proper mount for your phone. I've seen people try and cheap out because the little cradle holds it just fine and it looks fine. It's not the first time you hit any high Gs or you bounce around.
1: Dan, Dan you got to with one on the Amazon where you put your phone near it and it, it opens up for you and then it closes. That's what you want. <laughs>
0: Uh, another nice thing about the the magnetic mounts and the quad lock mounts, some of the nicer ones, is you can the suction cup ones make great ways to mount your phone for video recording. Yeah. So if you have video stabilization built into your phone, it works great.
1: So. Yeah, I mean, I, I've got the the one that the the Scotch magnetic, but it, it it sticks to the window and then it and then it suction cups, which yeah. I like. Um, I will say this. So and this is something we're going to talk a little bit more about. I talked about earlier, you know. I've Dan and I picked up a Garmin 700i oh, yeah. for for GPS uh, for the future, and i um, i found that Garmin makes a re- lot of really good mounts that work with these. That are, you can either have like the sandbag mount, or they will, which by the way works really well. You don't think it does, but it really does because it's enough weight. Um, and it's uh, grippy on the
0: bottom too. Yeah. So yeah, they do work surprisingly well even off road.
1: There's a lot of really good mounts, and a lot of the mounts for the GPS will charge mm-hmm. the, the the device while they're while they're they're holding it, I guess. Yeah, yeah.
0: QuadLock actually uh, has a built-in wireless charger into the mount, so you can have the really secure mount and wireless charge with no wires, if that's your thing. Wired yeah. to the mount, but not the phone, so it's easy to get it off. Sure. So, let's take our next break. We'll be right back. We'll close out with just a few more. We'll be right back.
1: Grandpa, what do you call this thing again?
0: It's a six Ford Bronco.
1: I think you got ripped off. Why is that, honey? It's got no Wi-Fi, no USB port,
0: no Bluetooth. Exactly. I guess we'll just have to talk. Sometimes the best
1: way to connect is to disconnect is that the window button it's called a window crank cool The faster i move it the faster it goes down this moment of escape was created by haggerty
0: being old is kind of cool grandpa
1: works for me for people
0: who love cars and we're back uh yeah we both learned this lesson this is kind of funny which one <laughs> the lights
1: yeah, okay, so um, <laughs> when you get a car these days, a lot of times every outside light is LED and it's bright and it turns and it moves with you, but you get inside and they put a 16-cent bulb, maybe maybe half of that, an 8-cent bulb in there. Um, that was actually a lesson I learned in, with the Crosstrek. It's like at night you couldn't... It, like barely a God's breath in there. You couldn't see anything. Yep. Um, And today's technology with LEDs, they do make an LED kit for a lot of cars. Like I went to our friends at HID kit pros. It was a whole kit was ready to go. It replaced all the lights in the car and it's an immense, I'm old. I'm going to say it. I can't see anything in the car. (laughs) And so I replaced all the interior lights, all the footwell lights, all the overhead lights, uh, the rear trunk area with LED. And it's so much nicer now. Yeah. And it's, and I mean, I think the whole kit was like, $22, Twenty two dollars, something like that. So
0: Yeah, it's super cheap to do. It makes a huge difference, especially when you look for something in the dark. Um the there is a there is a limit. <laughs> Just getting more LEDs and brighter is not always better in an interior light. There's nothing like flipping on the map light and blinding everyone in the car, including yourself. <laughs> And if you're going to do
1: it, the, 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 the appropriate color inside is white light, not purple or green or. No.
0: Yeah, they green and red have their advantages in some situations. I guess if you do a lot of stakeouts yeah. or you're in the military, you yeah. can <laughs> understand. we can go into that at a different time. But <laughs> for most of us, a simple white light to read the map is just fine.
1: And, and, and what you can do is you can go online, you can pull the bulb out, figure out what the type of the bulb is. There are conversions online that will tell you what type of LED you need, and they're pretty easy to get.
0: Yeah, most of the time you can just go to HAD Kit Pros, order a kit up, and know that you've already got somebody who's done all the research and is not telling you junk and they'll stand behind it. So, it's nice. Yeah, yeah, they do make it pretty easy. Totally worth it. Uh,
1: not worth it. <laughs> Cheap LED lights. Okay, <laughs> so this started um, way back when I had a Subaru, and they put somebody put LED lights into washer fluid nozzles, which basically threw light down your hood. Not a lot of light, but h- light down your hood. Th- and everybody knows that when you mix water of, a, of, a, of a, uh, a nozzle sprayer with electricity, nothing can go bad. They're not going to flicker. They're not going to look bad. Um, cheap LED lights on the exterior are... Stupid. Uh, they're not worth it. They're it's something that's going to burn out, um, unless you're getting one of those really cool signs that goes in the back window where you can change it to your phone to flip the guy off behind you. But other than that, you really don't need it. <laughs> um, I will say this: uh, one of the one of the things that I did do, and some people have questioned me this, is I put new uh, map or not map lights, but um, License plate lights. Oh, yeah, I did the same yeah. thing. And I, I just did, think they look better. Yeah, and it looks better. It, it's cleaner, and it actually helps if you have a reverse camera. Like, yeah. it, it helps uh, that. And, I mean, I changed – and that's another thing we'll talk about. It. It's worth it, too, is, is lights, uh, like headlights and taillights. I put new bulbs in. Mm-hmm. Um, High and,
0: quality, made for the housing. <laughs> LED bulbs are well, fantastic. Why, why
1: do, are you saying that you can put the wrong type of bulbs <laughs> in a car, Dan? If, like, if you don't have an HID uh, – you know, headlight in there and you put a led in there and it reflects and everybody flashes you on the road.
0: Yeah. If you have a reflector, hypothetically, housing, <laughs> hypothetically, if you have a reflector housing yeah. and you don't have a bulb made for a reflector housing, you will get no advantage from that. Not only will you see less, because your light is dispersed all wrong, but you're also blinding all the oncoming drivers, which is hard to believe that's that you can what, see less. That's, and still why, blind I other that's people. why I
1: can't see less because everybody's <laughs> flashing me. <But> yeah, <laughs> right. I put the wrong bulbs in it the first the first time. So, yeah, yeah they
0: make lights for reflector housings that are LED. It's, it's how the bulb is situated in the housing. Um, and if you have projectors, it's quite a bit easier. That said, uh, yeah, the cheap ones suck. Uh, if you'll all remember back in the, the tuner days, about
1: the, blue ones?
0: the big thing <laughs> was to put in those $50, $60 Pia bulbs that were yep. basically just colored glass. From Shucks. Yeah, or wherever. You picked
1: up your bulbs and you picked up your spinning hubcaps. caps. a good They day. burnt out faster. They mm-hmm. threw out less light if you went anywhere, if you breathed on them wrong and they got moisture on them, they blew up. They blew up. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And
0: so one of the things you'll know, if you look at the testing online, thank God for the internet for this, is there's a lot of testing that shows those higher, like $30 um, extra bright, whatever halogen bulbs, if you have halogen bulbs in your car still. Don't do jack. Um, The basic Sylvania bulbs the halogen bulbs are just as good everything as everything else if you want more lighting get auxiliary lighting that's the best or upgrade the entire housing so that you can put a projector bulb in there um, or find somebody who makes a special led
1: bulb for that housing there's a lot of uh, retrofit kits out there for, yeah. for cars. Like, I mean, you can heat your headlights. It's 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 a lot of work, but, I mean, heating your headlights in the oven and pulling them apart, and you can retrofit them. It's kind of a fun thing to do.
0: Yeah, it's a little so. slow process. If you're a DIY person, it's not that hard. It just takes time. If you're not...
1: Don't plan on driving the car for a little while. Yeah, yeah. if
0: you're not, you can drop it off at uh, the guys at HID Kit Pros, and they'll take care of it for you. They're experts on it. Um, but, yeah, if the best thing to do is auxiliary lighting versus that. You can usually get way more light output for the time you need it by putting a very hidden light bar like you did in the Subaru those are absolutely worth it um and as far we can get into forever on whether light bars are worth it i've seen rigids fogged up to hell and back on useless and you know nylite well, knockoff off amazon for not, 40 bucks to do the job
1: they're not indestructible no. i mean it's you know i'm actually surprised the one that's in my bumper and it's really in there but i'm surprised i haven't broken something with the, the front end being dragged over things <laughs> so.
0: yeah the one of the things you're paying for with those is the warranty yeah you're paying you know that that 800 hundred dollar light bar they're going to warranty after you've literally taken it to baja and back and they're like oh it broke here's yeah. a new one uh, versus the you know 50 one from amazon is all sorry, over sorry you ran into
1: a rock in the middle of the night yeah exactly uh the next one for not worth it is i'm gonna i'm gonna say a company from back in our day <laughs> weapon r <laughs> weapon r made intakes for cars so did aem um and most of the time, you got a box with a bunch of crooked pipes in it. Pipes in it. They said, "Yeah, eventually, if you if you put enough silicone couplings in between, you'll be able to make an intake." You know, but I want to tell you, it it it's a it leads to other things. I mean, I remember putting a weapon R on my Subaru, and the next thing I knew, I had I had uh, you know wire coverings in yellow all over the engine <laughs> until they started to melt. Um, so um, into, okay, so one thing you run into with intakes. Okay, everybody wants a different type of intake, be it a snorkel or whatever, or on your in, on your tuner. You're not really getting that much more performance out of it a lot of times it'll throw check engine lights because they don't they don't put the right ports in them you know your airflow sensor doesn't click into it things like that. You're really not getting any a, a, a huge amount of performance out of it it's It's aesthetically pleasing when you pop your hood you know um they give you a sticker that goes on your window that gives you an extra four horsepower if you're going downhill off a cliff um but other than that, it's just not a lot. If you want to look for performance, or you want to look for airflow, I mean, go for go to K and N, find find one of their filters. I mean, that'll be better than anything. And I noticed, just um, go for
0: a good quality one that has the results to prove it. Those are always false, by the way.
1: Yeah, <laughs> be very careful. Like this is, and the, the Super was the first one that had this. I have a I have a charcoal filter, and then I have an air filter in there. They're, oh they're, yeah, they're together, yeah. and so and it's very important. The the car knows that both those filters are there, mm-hmm. and you can repl- I replaced the, the the stock filter with. Um, a K&N and it's been great it it has helped i mean you're not going to get hundreds of horsepower you're probably going to get one horsepower yeah but it will do a better job i think than some of the paper filters
0: and yeah, to a point um it's the oil gauze that catches stuff but the all the testing has shown they flow more air because they also flow, flow slightly more debris so you have to clean them more. Keep that in mind. Um, there are plenty of tests out there, no matter what they say, that prove that. You do need to clean them more. You can clean them, though. So there's that.
1: And you need them because if you don't then you check your airboxes, there could be hay and <laughs> sand and all kinds of things you don't know why are in a them. Lot a lot of, of smoke of. from forest yes, fires. Yes, yes, that too. <laughs> I mean, a lot, things. A lot of, love of smoke. Funny how that yeah. happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's, in general, though, you don't expect the gains you see from an intake to work until you match it with a tune. Um, we can go, we're going to go into that as well because that's one of those things that's worth it but not. Uh, Typically if you change the tune of your car, like you can do a very minor stage one, but then you're limited to the fuel you can put in it. Typically most stage one tunes are 91 octane but if some do require 92 the computer can usually compensate on most modern cars between the two fuels and you're not going to hurt anything. But ECU flashing is sort of a a double-edged sword. If it's done right, it works great. Our friends at BBI, if you've got a Porsche, um, we've had with Tim on the show, like those guys know what they're doing. They can give you a a tune for your McLaren or your Porsche, and you can get some real results out of it with almost no downside. That said, uh, like I had one on my GTR, uh, and I was hitting tons of different elevations. I had an intake. That thing did not know what to do, and basically went through about 20 gallons worth of gas at about 70 miles, because it was trying to avoid lean because of the elevation I was at. And so a poor tune can go really bad a long way. Um, I was going to say with that, I think you just want to do your research and work with somebody who knows the system end to end. So our guys at CarbCon uh, over in Kirkland can do custom tunes on most things. They know who they're working with. They know what they're looking at when they see a dyno besides just the, the number at the end. The number doesn't tell you the full story. So make sure if you do a tune... That you get everything that goes with it, and most of the time, a tune is not just a tune. Usually, a tune is with an intake, usually with exhaust and everything else to get the the most out of it. Otherwise, it's kind of a waste.
1: The, the, you know, if you're going to increase, increase airflow or, or or flow coming out of an engine, an engine needs to be tuned. Yeah, exactly. Flat out.
0: If you really want to get the most out of that intake. Even just an intake, especially on a, a forced induction car, like even just like the Raptor, a tune is going to be required. Yeah. And even an off-the-shelf tune from Cobb that's been – there's so many Raptors, it's pretty easy to be like, I have these parts, what tune do I need? And they're like, here's 1,000 because it's a Raptor. So, anyway. <laughs> I'll take the middle one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
1: Uh, the next one, and we've talked about this before, uh, is is – is racks, systems, roof racks, and things like that. Any mounting gear. Yeah. Any mountain gear. Um, you know, we had a, a that Jimmy Mayfield on from uh, Rack and Road in Bellevue, who's a great source for information. I've sent a ton of people there. Um, it's important, you know, just because you want to put something on the top of your car doesn't mean your car is equipped to have something on the top of it. Yeah. Um, you really need to do your research and, and go to a place that knows, that, you know, if you're going to put, a, you know, crossbars on there, how much can you really take? Like, I mean, as we know from the past, you know, I had the stock Subaru crossbars on there, which are great, but I overweighted them. I mean, and yeah. and, with, and we were it was causing issues, and they were starting to bow in. Um, you're, you know, it only takes so much, but so you have to do the, your research and figure out what's right for your car, what you need. You know, we see that we see the cargo boxes all the time, and they're great, but they're only great if they're mounted right and they're mounted safely.
0: Exactly what he was saying. If you get the factory crossbars, they typically have a much lower limit than the aftermarket crossbars. So even though they might look the same or they might be by Yakima or so they say you can actually get different bars and change the load rating on them. So like with that the fuel rack on there, the Max tracks your spare tire, and an Axe and whatever else yeah. we have on the on the rack, you can easily overload Plus those the bars. Plus the basket,
1: yeah. Plus the <laughs> basket, yeah. yeah. A lot of
0: those factory rooftop bars are made to hold like a bike carrier, which they're perfectly suited for or, you know, a canoe or something. But that's like 20, 30 pounds at most.
1: You can, I mean, and, and you got to think it's not just the weight of it on top of the car; it's the weight at speed, the the wind's pushing back on something, and you mm-hmm. can you can really damage the mounting points in the car, which can cause leaking yeah. in your headliner, which can cause whole, all kinds of problems. So, <laughs> you really have to do your research on this. I mean, I know there's a lot of time, you know, and and know that you can do all your research. Like I said, we did all the research on that Yakima rack that I had on the car, and there was just it was too much noise, and it didn't work on the Subaru. As much as Yakima wanted to sell it, it just didn't work. So yep. you, you're going to learn. It's, you know, there's trial and error. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. Speaking of also worth it, uh, that would be Avance. Oh, yes. Definitely <laughs> worth it. That's <laughs> the end of our list. Good transition, ha- Dan. But it has yes. been worth it to be an Avance yeah. member where you would get your free uh, Griot's pack, which has all the basics you need for detailing your car, which is worth the membership alone. Uh, like we said, it's guaranteed to be more than the $100 in product. So do that. Oh, no, it
1: is. Yeah. Most uh, and if
0: you need more, you can go to griotsgarage.com and put in RCS10 and get 10% off your order. And uh, their next event for Avance is coming up. I don't have anything on the calendar until the 20th, actually. March 20th, that is. We did all the fun stuff. So the next one is another Avance off-road event.
1: I keep thinking that's a long way away, and then I'm realizing it's already the 22nd of February or something like that. So, yeah. Yeah, the time this comes to, yeah it'll <laughs> yeah. be less than
0: a month away by the time this comes yeah. out. Again, that'll sell out. They always do. You should go do that. It's a ton of fun. <laughs> uh, if, you've, if you haven't seen the videos posted, you
1: see some pretty interesting rigs there. I've been challenged by several people there, so I might actually have to bring the Subaru out again and and get it dirty. Same here. It it took a ton of time to get it clean, but. It's, it's, still it's, it's yeah. time, yeah, yeah, to run the Raptor, run the Subaru yep. with one more time. I think. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> so. I'll let you go in front of me in case I get stuck and you can pull me out. <laughs> it's just easier that way. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's turning into quite the swamp. Unless we get some kind of weird dry spell, it's going to be even more interesting next time. <laughs> it's still going to be mulch. Yeah. <laughs>
1: it's so uh, fun. still a great course. So, And, I mean, uh, it's, it, they're working on mapping it now, too. So it's going to yeah. be, yeah. So. The
0: guys at Onyx Off Road, uh, yeah, they called it, what did they call that one? The Griot's Car Wash, the we, massive we, we, water
1: pit. We had Griot's Car Wash, we had Avance Mountain. We had a, some other things that we had to change the name of just because <laughs> Satan the time, something I don't know. yeah Satan's a rear rear exit uh, yeah so it was uh, it was good but uh, yeah it was a lot of fun um, and I there will be more and more events as things get uh, start getting going and the driving season starts so I've heard
0: uh, uh, I heard a rumor that driving season opening day is May
1: first. It's a rumor. It's a rumor. Who knows? We'll report more on that. Yeah, well, who we, knows we know more, what but. day that is? I mean, it's when I, I feel like driving season for us is, is January 1st. Anytime we can get in the car and get especially after last year. So <laughs> yeah, no kidding. But I mean, it's looking good. I think we'll be able to take masks off by the year 2028. So we'll be good.
0: Yeah. Or whenever the world <laughs> ends. Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay. 2022. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Well, again, um, if you want to know about anything we talked about here or, or know more about it, uh, that that's repetitive but um <laughs> you can email us you can you know you can i'll give i'll put dan's phone number up you can find most of my phone numbers in any good bathroom uh give us a call uh, we'll talk to you so is it in the Side tavern yet mostly uh it's, it's <laughs> been it's been in the tavern longer than i've been there so yeah <laughs> to be fair david's been going in there and drawing over it to make sure that people actually know the number so oh, it's good nice yeah. To yeah. yeah all right well for this episode of rain city supercars i'm nick i'm dan and don't just get there enjoy the drive